0: Hello, it's AJ and welcome to Star Wars Week on the D-Plus Club. Today in the show, we're talking about the latest news and rumours from the last week in Disney+. Plus. I'll also be covering what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney Plus streaming service in the UK and in the US. Usually, we have a weekly movie club. However, this week it'll be a little bit different, as we're going to celebrate Star Wars Week for the first time on the podcast. Instead, I'll be talking a little bit about the Star Wars franchise and my personal experience with it over the years. But before we get into that, how's everyone doing this week? It's been a long and busy one this week for me. I've had a lot on at work and there's a lot of changes that are going on. We've moved into a new office, as I've mentioned a couple of times. Um, One of the people that I've worked with previously, who I actually helped get a job at the current place, he's decided he's going to move on and leave. He's not actually got anything to move into, but he's just not enjoying the role that he's moved into as much as he thought he might. I've had some very long and busy projects on as well, one of which was actually a website that I was actually designing for someone. I'd actually originally assigned four days for it. However, after putting in some long, jam-packed, intense days, I managed to actually be able to get it done in only two days. However, there have been a lot of other things that I've been putting off that I've actually been able to push into this week, which again made it a, a very busy week. It's partially my own fault as well. Uh, I've also been doing some other personal projects out of work hours as well, Um, other websites actually that I've been working on as well, so I'm excited to share those when uh, the time comes to be able to share them, so uh, I might even mention them on the podcast at some point, which would be nice. Also today actually, which is actually Saturday the 8th of May when I'm recording this, so I usually try to release podcasts on a Sunday and I record them on a Saturday evening, Uh, But today I had my second COVID vaccine, the Pfizer jab for anyone who's following along with the different versions that there are out there. Uh, So yeah, I had my second jab today and I'm already starting to feel it just that little bit. I'm dreading how I might be feeling tomorrow, but I wanted to make sure I got the podcast recorded tonight. And if I feel okay, I'll finish it all in one go, of course, like I usually try to be able to do. However, if not, I might end up recording this in two parts and then uploading it a little bit later than usual, but hopefully, touch wood, I'll be able to get it all done at once, and I might actually quickly tell you at the end whether uh, I did it all in a single cut or not, because... If you haven't yet guessed, I do record these in a few different cuts. I'm still getting used to the whole podcasting thing and building my confidence and this, that and the other. So I do cut it together after recording it and make it sound like it flows a little bit better. You probably can tell sometimes there are some cuts that don't sound as natural as others, but I do try my best. Uh, I have been working in audio and video for quite a few years, so I, I, I do know quite a bit about audio editing to try and make it flow so that's where you probably don't see some of them as uh, obvious as they might otherwise come across. So, sorry to ruin the magic on that for some of you who think I do it all at once. I'm very confident with it. I'm definitely not. (laughs) Definitely, definitely not. So, like I say, hopefully you've all been keeping well. If you want to drop me a quick message over on the Sorcerer Radio Discord or Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone, or even over on social media at at or forward slash the D Plus Club, Just let me know how you've been doing, how you've been getting along. And if you're enjoying the show, of course, I do like uh, all the feedback. I've been getting some nice reviews over on iTunes, I think it is. I don't know that the iTunes podcasts are the higher performing ones when I have a look at the analytics that I get through the app that monitors the podcasts that I upload and everything. So thank you to everyone who tunes in each week and especially those of you that are leaving reviews as well and leaving feedback over in the Radio Discord. It's very much appreciated and it makes me feel like what I'm trying to accomplish here is uh, appreciated by everyone. So thank you. Anyway, enough of my rambling for another week. Let's get back into the news, shall we? Earlier this week, we were treated to plenty of major Marvel news with the confirmed names and release dates for many upcoming Marvel projects. Black Panther 2 has now been confirmed to be named Black Panther Wakanda Forever Which is due to hit theaters July 8th 2022. Not much is yet known about the project, however it is expected to introduce a new Black Panther following the tragic loss of the star Chadwick Boseman. It has been confirmed by Marvel that the role of King T'Challa will not be recast for the film. Many fans expect that T'Challa's sister Shuri may adopt the mantle of the Black Panther as her character has gone by the role in the comics also. One thing that I have no doubt of, though, is that the loss of T'Challa and Cheswick Boseman will be a major plot point in the film. Captain Marvel 2 has received the official title of The Marvels now, and you can tell from the logo that it'll be a team-up film in some way, and the announcement for the film confirms that, as not only will Brie Larson be returning as Captain Marvel... But also, we'll be seeing Tayona Paris returning as Monica Rambeau, who we recently saw develop her abilities in the WandaVision series. For those who don't know, in the comics she goes by the superhero Photon. Even Captain Marvel for a while as well. And the project will also feature Iman Vanelli. I keep getting that name wrong, so I am very, very sorry. You know how useless I am with names by now if you've been following along. She will be playing Miss Marvel. As we have spoken about previously, the Miss Marvel series for Disney Plus is currently in development and is due to be released sometime later this year. So it's likely that this series will serve as an origin story before her big screen debut in The Marvels. The Marvels is currently set for a November 11th, 2022 release. The next Ant-Man and the Wasp film, which we had already been told would be called Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, has received an official release date of February 17th, 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 saw the release of the official film logo, and the announcement that its release date will be May 5th, 2023. Production on the announced Blade project, however, has been pushed back to 2022, with no start date yet to be announced. Along with the announcement, we were also treated to a sizzle reel teasing some of the upcoming Marvel Phase 4 projects, including the first footage of The Eternals, which is set for a November 5th release later this year. In other Marvel news, however, we received news that the upcoming Marvel series Loki will be debuting two days earlier than previously announced, and will now be released on Wednesday, June 9th, and will follow with regular episodes every Wednesday. Which is a break from the current regular Friday release schedule for new episodes on the Disney Plus streaming service. It has been rumoured for a while that Disney were exploring the release of new episodes of original series staggered through the week to spread out viewer numbers. It's most likely that people, such as myself, binge all of the latest series on a Friday night, and they want to spread the viewer numbers throughout the week a little bit more. We'll see if this is just an experiment, of course, or if this is the first of what could be many series to be released on different days through the week. Moving away from Marvel news, though, it has been announced that ABC have renewed the series Big Sky, which currently airs on ABC in the US, and on Disney Plus' star brand in the UK as well as Australia. The Muppets announced a new special this last week, which will be coming later this year to Disney Plus. The special is titled Muppets Haunted Mansion, and will mash up the Muppets with the popular Disney Parks attraction, where Gonzo is challenged to spend one Halloween night in the Haunted Mansion. This announcement actually came as part of Disney's halfway to Halloween announcements. Not much is yet known about the project, other than it will include celebrity cameos, new music, and spooky fun for the whole family. Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey confirmed this past week that they are now in Ireland for the filming of the upcoming Disney Plus original sequel movie, disenchanted it was also reported this last week that 20th century studios could be working on a comedy adaptation of romeo and juliet titled rosaline which will star caitlin dever who many may know from the tv series last man standing or her critically acclaimed film book smart which also won plenty of awards i've actually bought it i've not had chance to watch it yet it's one that me and my wife keep saying when we have a movie night we need to watch this and then we go through the list of all the different movies that we want to be able to watch and yeah, It just doesn't seem to make it to the top of the list, but it definitely needs to be one that we're watching. I actually really enjoyed Caitlin's character in Last Man Standing, so I'm looking forward to seeing her in a few more projects. The Disney Plus series Behind the Attraction, which was announced in 2019, has been confirmed to be coming this summer. No release date has yet been given, However, it has been confirmed that the series will consist of 10 one-hour episodes and that they will take a deep look into the history of some of the most popular Disney Parks attractions and how some have evolved over time as technology and the world have evolved around them. If you're interested in the history of the Disney Parks attractions, I do highly recommend the Diz His podcast, which is available on Sorcerer Radio every Friday at 1pm and 8pm Eastern. It's also available on major podcasting platforms, of course. Once I hear any more about the Behind the Attraction series there, I'll be sure to let you know. I'm a huge Disney Parks fan, and I'm really looking forward to seeing this series, much in the same way I enjoyed the Imagineering Story, which is currently available on Disney Plus also. Disney is reportedly developing a film based on the popular Tim Fiddle books, named Better Nate Than Never. Tim is also reportedly writing and directing the film, having previously directed episodes of High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, for Disney+. Plus. The film will centre around 13-year-old Nate Foster, who is an unpopular Midwestern kid who has big dreams of becoming a big Broadway musical star, but unfortunately can't get a decent role in his high school drama productions. With the help of his best friend Libby, they mastermind a trip to New York to audition for Lilo & Stitch The Musical. I actually wouldn't mind seeing that myself. Lilo & Stitch The Musical. I'm a big Lilo & Stitch fan, for those who don't know. It actually sounds like quite an interesting project, and I look forward to learning some more about this as the project progresses. And finally in the news this week, Disney has announced a brand new series titled Turning the Tables with Robin Roberts, who in each episode of the series will sit down with three famous women who will share experiences that are both moving and personal. The series will take a deeper dive than traditional interviews, exploring more personal topics such as identity, personality, and even insecurities that they have faced. Guests will include stars such as Jamie Lee Curtis, Debbie Allen, Sophia Carson, Jenna Dewan, and more. Those guests then may turn the table by interviewing Roberts and gaining some of her own insightful stories. This sounds like a really interesting series. It will only consist of about four episodes, but it sounds like it will be a really insightful series. It will debut on July 30th. Well, that's it for the news this week. So what have we got to look forward to on Disney Plus this coming week? Of course, this past week was a big week, with it being Star Wars Day on Tuesday, May 4th. We were treated to a 70-minute season premiere of The Bad Batch, which was also followed by its second episode, yesterday for me when I'm recording this, which was Friday. I actually really enjoyed the first two episodes. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this series progresses around the Bad Batch group, or Clone Force 99 as they're also known as. It follows the events immediately after the Clone Wars as the genetically modified Clone Force unit finds its way in the galaxy. It was also confirmed that the official episode count for season one of The Bad Batch would be 16 episodes. This comes after weeks of speculation that there will be a minimum of 14 episodes after we got confirmation, I believe it was three or four weeks ago, um, when one of the composers for the project confirmed that they were working on the 14th episode at the time. Also on May 4th, we were given access to some new Star Wars Day content in the form of Star Wars biomes and Star Wars vehicle fly-throughs. The two specials do not feature any characters or spoken parts, they're just visually appealing backgrounds set around some of the Star Wars universe's most iconic backdrops, including Hoth, Tatooine, and more. Biomes actually kind of reminded me of a cross between Soarin' at Epcot, if, if any of you have ever been to the Disney parks, you may get the reference with that, And also, if anyone has an Apple TV, when the screensavers come on and you see the fly-throughs over some of the cities and some of the different... And it it reminded me of a cross between soaring and that. I actually wouldn't mind Star Wars biomes being a constant repeat on my Apple TV because you get some of things like the ships coming and flying over Hoth and things like that. So, yeah, it'd be really interesting to be able to save that and add it onto my apple tv but anyway i'm rambling a bit as i always seem to be able to at times we were also treated to a simpson special for star wars day titled maggie simpson in the force awakens from its nap i haven't actually gotten around to watching this yet if i'm feeling a bit off it tomorrow after the vaccine and all of the side effects from that i might actually try to get around to watching it tomorrow but uh, hopefully though it'll be an interesting one We did not, however, get the rumoured Star Wars detours, which we spoke about a few weeks back. I wonder if those will ever, ever actually see the light of day, though. Breaking away from the Star Wars content just for a little bit, though, I also watched the latest episodes of Big Shot and Mighty Ducks Game Changers last night. I'm thoroughly enjoying both of these series. If you've never seen Mighty Ducks before, I do recommend that you watch the films before the series. It's not completely necessary, however, it does help you understand the backstory of coach Gordon Bombay. And, of course, I keep saying it, I cannot speak highly enough of the series Big Shot. It's an absolutely brilliant series all on its own, and I would go as far as saying it's one of the best original series on any streaming platform right now. Next week on May 14th, of course, we'll be given new episodes of both of these series and the third episode of The Bad Batch. We'll also see the global premiere of the first episode of Season 2 of High School Musical, The Musical, The Series. As I said last week when we were talking about High School Musical, The Film, I actually really enjoyed the first season of this series and I know my wife is really looking forward to the second season, so we'll be definitely tuning into that when it's released on Friday. In the US, you will also be given access to X-Men The Last Stand, which of course was part of the original Fox X-Men franchise. You will also gain access to the National Geographic series Life Below Zero Season 15 and the seven-part series Race to the Center of the Earth, which I spoke about a few weeks back, if I remember rightly. Over here in the UK, though, we're going to have a huge influx of content this next week, starting with the latest episodes of Filthy Rich, Solar Opposites, Grown-ish... Disney's Secrets of Sulphur Springs, Long Time Gone, and also the series finale of Next. We'll also be given access to Station 19, Seasons 1 through 3, 911 Rescue Cops, Season 1, Disney Junior's Fancy Nancy Clancy, Season 2, Episodes 1 through 25, and Sadie Sparks, Season 1, Episodes 1 through 26. Notably, we'll also be given access to a few films as well, including An Affair to Remember and Fox's 1997 animated film, Anastasia, which many in the Disney community were excited to be added to the Disney catalog following the acquisition of Fox. When her family is killed, Anastasia barely makes it out alive. Later, with vague memories of her past, she traveled to Paris with two cons who want to portray her as the real princess and get rewards. I've never actually seen Anastasia, so this will be a good chance to give it a watch. One thing that I really am looking forward to, however, is the new ESPN docufilms that are going to be added to Disney Plus in the UK this next week. We'll be given access to Year of the Scab about the 1987 NFL season when the NFL's players went on strike two weeks into the season. What Carter Lost, which follows the 1988 Dallas Carter Cowboys... Tim Richmond, To The Limit, which tells the story of the NASCAR driver who lived fast until his fast life caught up with him and he was diagnosed with AIDS and eventually leading to his tragic death. There's no place like home where one man aims to win the original rules of basketball at an auction and bring them back to the hometown of the person who wrote them and coached for more than 40 years. The Good, the Bad and the Hungry, about a long-running rivalry in the sport of hot dog eating? Is that right is that even a thing i can't imagine it's very much of a big spectator sport i might give this a go anyway just to see what it's all about fee slammer jammer follows the story of the 1982 to 84 university of houston cougars the dominican dream which follows the story of philippe lopez again i'm probably saying that one wrong and anyway, it follows the story of him and his family as he became one of the top ranked high school basketball players Of Miracles and Men follows the 1980s Winter Olympic Team USA ice hockey team. Little Big Men follows the 1982 International Little League World Series, and the first American team to have won the series in more than a decade. And finally, Doc and Daryl, which follows Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry of the 1986 New York Mets. They were about the biggest stars of the 1986 World Series, but also managed to break the hearts of Mets fans. I'm really looking to give in some of these a go, actually, especially what Carter lost and Doc and Daryl. I mentioned it a few weeks back. Me and my wife have been watching a lot of uh, sports films recently, you know, Friday Night Lights and Remember the Titans, Full Love of the Game, Coach Carter, so on and so forth. So, I think some of these docu films, especially for me anyway, I don't know about my wife, but I, I'd really enjoy some of these. So, I'll be excited to give some of these a go when I get time on my watch list, of course. Well,. Now it's time to talk Star Wars. I know we usually have a movie club, but this week we'll, I wanted to celebrate Star Wars Day a little bit. I wanted to talk a little bit about the franchise as a whole. So, yes, there could be some spoilers for the Star Wars franchise coming up. But no major plot points because I'm not going to be covering like the, the overall arcing story of the films, but uh, there may be the odd little tidbit of spoilers here and there. So this is your spoiler warning like let's, let's call it before we get into it so if you don't want any spoilers at all do tune away now watch all of the Star Wars films i'll see you in a week and then you can come back and tune into the last section of this week's show now i'm not going to pretend to be a complete expert on Star Wars by any means however i am a massive fan of the franchise and i have been for a very very long time If you want to have some more in-depth Star Wars discussions, there are some good podcasts out there that I can recommend that specialise in Star Wars content, such as Wookiee Radio or Rebel Force Radio, and even Star Wars stuff, just to name a few. You can even catch Wookiee Radio over on Sorcerer Radio every Saturday at 7pm Eastern. But in celebration of Star Wars Day, I did want to do my own little feature on the franchise, share some of my own thoughts and memories of the franchise, but not take too much of a deep dive into the history and the events of the film series as a whole. Honestly, if we were to start down that rabbit hole, I could be here for hours and hours and hours and... Anyway. But I did want to briefly touch on some of the different Star Wars media, such as the books, the games, TV series, and more, of course. So, this past week I did ask a few different questions over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord and Funzone Facebook group. So, I wanted to talk about some of those, share some of your answers to some of the questions that I posed as well. So, let's start with some brief information about the franchise. The first Star Wars film was released on May 25th, 1977, produced by a Lucasfilm and distributed by 20th Century Fox. It had a budget of around $11 million and quickly became a major success. Bringing in more than $775 million at the box office. In 1981, the first Star Wars film was rebranded as Episode IV, A New Hope. The sequel, Empire Strikes Back, was released on May 21, 1980, and the final film of the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi, was released on May 25, 1983. All of the films have seen numerous re-releases over the years, most notably in 1997 when all of the original trilogy of films were digitally remastered with extra scenes. Some people agree that those additional scenes added a little bit of extra information into those films and some people think that the original films are just the better versions. Honestly, I'm impartial. I don't mind the extra scenes. They do look a little bit more modern with them in. Even since then though, there have still been minor tweaks here and there as new releases of the films have come out and even as they've gone onto digital streaming platforms such as Disney Plus as well. It was actually during this time that George Lucas was producing the much anticipated prequel trilogy, which began with the release of The Phantom Menace on May 19th, 1999. It was followed by Attack of the Clones on May 16th, 2002 and Revenge of the Sith on May 19th 2005. Following the acquisition of Lucasfilm by Disney in 2012, Disney wasted no time with the successful franchise by planning a new trilogy of films which would serve as a sequel to the original trilogy. The Force Awakens was released on December 18th 2015, followed by The Last Jedi on December 15th 2017, and The Rise of Skywalker on December 20th 2019. During this time, there were also two standalone films, Rogue One, which was released on December 16, 2016, and Solo, which was released on May 25, 2018. In 2020, it was actually estimated that the Star Wars franchise was worth somewhere in the region of $70 billion, which is an impressive feat considering that Mickey Mouse and Friends has an estimated value of just over $80 billion. However, neither of those brands are close to Pokemon, which tops the list at $100 billion. Of course, with a franchise as successful as Star Wars, there's been many tie-in releases, with merchandise, books, games, and more throughout the years. Disney is even still releasing content, with multiple live-action TV series currently in production, including the absolutely brilliant The Mandalorian, as well as the upcoming Book of Boba Fett TV series, Andor, Ashoka, and more. As I spoke about earlier, they also have multiple animated series, such as the Clone Wars TV series, which was a huge success among fans, as well as the Rebels TV series, And i'm sure that the bad batch will be just as much of a success it actually has a very similar art style to both those tv series but what else since the first film's release there have always been books and other media however when disney acquired lucasfilm they retconned a lot of what was called the expanded universe renaming it instead the legends series i myself even read a few of the legends books and really enjoyed them one of the very first ones I read was called Truce Baraka. I think that's the title of it anyway. Uh, but I really enjoyed that. It was set not long after Return of the Jedi and I think I read it when I was quite young, not long after I'd watched the f- Star Wars films for the first time, I think. And uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. But yeah, it, they retconned all of that content. They did, however, decide to launch their own expanded universe under their oversight to ensure that the stories fit well within the universe that they wanted to build. I've been reading most of these over the years since their release. There are still some that I haven't read yet, as I've just not had the time with reading all of the other books in my collection as well. But these new Expanded Universe books are actually really, really good. Not only this, but some of the characters from the original Expanded Universe that fans really, really enjoyed have actually seen new releases in official Star Wars canon. Most notably of these is the character of Grand Admiral Thrawn. I absolutely love the Thrawn books. His character is fascinating. If you're interested in the character after seeing him appear in Star Wars Rebels, the animated series, I do highly recommend these books. His character is so different deep and his backstory is i I don't want to spoil it for anyone but if you get chance and you're in any way interested in the star wars franchise as a whole and you like to pick up a good book i highly recommend the throne series some of the other books in the new expanded universe that i do highly recommend are galaxy's edge and the dark disciple and the ahsoka book as well that was really enjoyable actually and Master and Apprentice, that's actually about Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi before the events of The Phantom Menace. So that's that was a really interesting book, actually. One book that I actually really did enjoy was the Phasma book. Her character was really underutilized, I felt, in the sequel films. It could have been a much bigger character. They kind of really hyped up her character, and I felt like they, they didn't use her character to the extent that they could have done. But the book really explores some of the backstory of that character and it does make you wish that you would have been able to see more. And I will admit, I am saying read. Many of the books that I've been reading in air quotes have actually been Audible books. I actually... Listen to a lot of these books in the car on my commutes to and from work and before lockdowns and the like. I used to travel a lot with my previous job, taking photos here, there and everywhere across the UK. And I used to listen to a lot of these on the train when I was going to places, whilst I was maybe working on my iPad on the way there and back from these different places. The only problem that I do have is that I prefer to read on Kindle or listen on Audible. And not all of the Star Wars books are available digitally in these formats in the UK. There's one book in particular that's called Lost Stars, I believe it's called, which is part of the the new Star Wars Expanded Universe canon. But it's not available on Kindle or Audible in the UK, and I really want it to be able to come out on one or both platforms that I can, so that I can read it. And I don't even think that I can purchase it in one of the foreign stores, to access on any of my devices and i don't think amazon's platform works like that unlike some of the other platforms around the world that i use i've got a feeling that i may just have to resort to buying the physical copy of the book just to be able to read it i think i do hope that we'll be able to see a book around the story or backstory should i say of cal Kestis from the jedi fallen order video games at some point so that we can find out more about his character between his backstory of him being a Padawan and the events of the video game as well. I think that would be a really, really interesting story to be able to explore. Speaking of Jedi Fallen Order actually, I actually really enjoyed a lot of the Star Wars video games when I was younger, especially the Battlefront games and the Force Unleashed games. I actually really really enjoyed the Force Unleashed games, and I'm I'm sad that they're now considered legends content as I would like to see that character be able to be brought back into canon again at some point. I know there's been a lot of controversy in recent years with the more up-to-date EA versions of the Battlefront games as there was a lot of like loot crates and pay-to-win sort of controversy around, especially the second one that was released a few years ago now. I, to be honest, I don't really play a lot of online games. I, I play a lot of story-based games, and I'm glad that they had a story-based aspect of the Battlefront video game, so... I actually really enjoyed that. I think it's actually rumoured that there's a third Battlefront game in development at the moment, which hopefully will aim to correct a lot of the bad press that the second game got. And I did also read a rumor this past week that the next game in the Jedi: Fallen Order series could be released sometime in 2023 I think it was which would be absolutely awesome and I, I'd love to be able to be able to get that when it comes out however I've got a feeling it will mean that I will also need to upgrade to a next gen console before that time I'm still on a PlayStation 4 at the moment. And of course, as I've mentioned in the last episode, my Nintendo Switch, which has seen a lot of playtime this last week. And if I'm not feeling too great tomorrow, I think it might see a lot of playtime tomorrow as well. But yeah, I would like to be able to see some more of the Cal Kestis character a- explored in future video games. Or even in a live-action series, the actor who portrays Cal Kestis is actually the same age as the character that he's portraying in the video games. So it wouldn't be a huge stretch to be able to bring him into one of the TV series. One of the big rumours, of course, around the Mandalorian was that it could be possible to bring his character into the series in some way, shape or form. So I hope that we do get to be able to see that at some point down the line. Anyway, I am getting a little bit off topic. I was actually introduced to the Star Wars franchise sometime in the mid-90s, I think it was. It was before the 1997 re-releases. I remember my dad buying each of the films on VHS at the time, and he brought them to show them to me, and we sat in my bedroom. And he says, I've got some of these films I want to show you. I really enjoy them, and I want to see if you like them too. And I think he originally intended for me to watch just one, see if I like it. But to this day he still reminds me that I binge watched them all I believe in a single weekend and then I re them all countless times in the weeks and months following. Of course this meant that when the first films were re-released in 1997 that I was one of the first in line to be able to want to see them in the cinema. Actually when The Phantom Menace was released in 1999 I was in the US on a family holiday and we were staying with some close friends at the time and I think it was on like the second or third day after its release and they took us to the cinema to be able to see it whilst we're there and my mind was absolutely blown. I remember picking up the novelization version of the film, I think it was like the following day or later in the holiday anyway, and I read the entire thing on the flight home from Florida and I remember at that time thinking all of these books have got these extra scenes in and these didn't make it into the final cut of the film. And I don't know whether many people, if you have ever read a novelization of any of the films that you may have seen in the cinema, but you always find some of these extra scenes or extra insight into some of the characters that maybe wasn't portrayed very well or maybe you didn't understand it very well on the screen or like i say if there were scenes that were missed out that added to a character's backstory and i absolutely loved the book and i think that got me into reading like extended universe or like expanded universe, should i say um stories around some of the franchises that i love so whether it be star wars in this case or i haven't really spoken about it much but i'm a huge stargate fan i'm a big sci-fi not in general but i like to read some of the expanded universe stories set in the inside these universes i'm actually also reading some of the star trek or i say reading listening to on audible should i say um star trek books at the moment as well so yes big big sci-fi nut and i'm talking about disney every week but uh, no i absolutely love disney i think it's a constant battle between sci-fi and disney for what takes the top spot but i think disney wins out every time at least i get the best of both worlds with the star wars content on disney i know i mentioned a few weeks back that flight of the navigator might be the first film that i watched that got me interested in science fiction I think it was Star Wars and the Star Wars franchise as a whole that cemented that love for science fiction, just in general, I think. As a child, I loved all things Star Wars. I had all of the VHSs, like I say, the original and the re-release from the 1997, and then, of course, all of the DVDs, and then over time, that then became all of the blu-rays and then i then purchased them all again on itunes and then of course they're now available on disney plus i think i have them just about on every medium that they were released on over the years in some way shape or form anyway i actually had a lot of the toys in fact i still have the toys they're, they're at my dad's house and i'm saving them for if my son gets into star wars what did i have i had a millennium falcon a tie fighter an x-wing an atst but yeah, I'm I'm saving them for if my son gets into Star Wars. I'm hoping to introduce it to him, much like my dad introduced Star Wars to me, maybe sometime within the next year. He's, he's six now, and I think I was roughly around seven or eight, maybe, when I maybe first started watching it. He has actually started sorry, showing a little bit of interest. He hums things like the Imperial March, and he's learned about some of the films from his older cousin who's watched some of them. And one of his favourite songs on Sorcerer Radio is actually one from August Cantina at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, I'll talk about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge just a, uh, a little bit in a little while. But the big question is going to be that when I do introduce him to Star Wars, what watch order will I show him the films in? There are actually a few different ways of watching the Star Wars films. There's the original release order, there's the timeline order, and then there's also another version called the machete order... Now, for many fans, the original release order is the intended order and that's the only way they should always be watched. And as such, that's the only way they will ever watch them. However, for many, they will prefer the chronological order and others will recommend the machete order for those who want to watch the films but know nothing about them and want the ability to be able to be surprised by certain plot points but also want the backstory to them as well. Honestly, there is no right or wrong way to be able to watch these films. It's all a matter of people's opinions. I've grown up with the Star Wars franchise. I've watched them in their release order. But nowadays when I watch them, I watch them in chronological order. When I introduced my wife to the films for the first time last year, I think it was, it might have been maybe a year and a half ago, I gave her the choice of the ways that she could watch the films. She chose chronological she doesn't like films and tv shows and books with a bunch of time jumps in them and of course the release order would go four five six and then one two three so jumping back in time to then go seven eight nine so she would have absolutely hated that so we watched them in chronological order and she really enjoyed them that way she actually said that had she watched them in the release order she would have found it much harder to follow The bigger question for someone watching the Star Wars films for the first time should always be, do they already know who Darth Vader is? Not only who he is as in, he's a character within the film, but who he is in the larger grand scheme story arc of the films. Who is he as a person? If they know that, then there is no reason why they can't watch the films in chronological order. If they want the surprise of being able to find out who Darth Vader is in the grand scheme of the franchise, then yes, I would say watch them in either the release or the machete order so that they can get that surprise. But if they're not concerned with the surprise and are maybe more interested in understanding the backstory of all of the characters throughout the franchise then I would probably recommend watching them in chronological order. Like I say, my wife found the films much easier to follow by watching them in chronological order than watching them in either the machete order or the original release order. For those who don't know actually what the machete order is, it is episodes four and five, and then following the reveal of who Darth Vader is within that film, then go on to episodes one, two, and three to explain the character's backstory and then follow it up by episodes 7, 8, and 9. There are even multiple versions of how to watch the films in chronological order, believe it or not, depending on how in-depth you want to be able to go into the films. There is, of course, the standard 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, which is the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, and the sequel trilogy. But then there is 1, 2, 3, Solo, Rogue One, four five six seven eight nine and then there is the really hardcore i want it all which goes one two the clone wars animated series three the bad batch which is only just beginning to air solo the rebels animated series rogue one four five six the mandalorian seven eight and nine but this hardcore version could easily get very complicated and very quickly become outdated as new series are released not only this but when you account for all of the books and the video games which are constantly being released it will be tough to keep track of as once you've caught up with a new book set before a tv series or movie you're awaiting watching another book or tv series set before the book that you're reading could be released and then you would have to then go back, read that to get that part of the story to then go further on. And then it's also whether those characters within that book are side characters or they are central to the ongoing story of the film franchise. So, yeah, you could go on and on and on and on and never be able to catch up with the series, especially with all of the new TV series that are coming out as well. For me, personally, I watch them in chronological order, but the extended chronological order, so 1, 2, 3, Solo, Rogue One, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. However, on occasion, I'll just find myself picking up a particular film that I want to be able to watch, or even if there's one that before we changed to digital only, I would sometimes find one one of the films is on TV and I would just tune into that. I don't feel like I have to watch them all in order every time. And for me, the TV series, I can watch separate to the overall chronological order. Something like The Mandalorian, which is set after The Return of the Jedi, but before The Force Awakens, that doesn't bother me. The characters within that, mostly, I'll not, go too far into spoilers but the characters within that don't really follow up within the sequel trilogy so there's no harm in watching the mandalorian separate to the overall arcing storyline of the skywalker saga film series now earlier this week i did ask everyone what their favorite star wars film was and a few people over in the sorcerer radio discord and in the sorcerer radio fun zone actually responded Heather Endow said episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, the introduction of Yoda, adult yoga, not the younger baby Yoda that people are more familiar with at the moment in the Mandalorian series, the revelation of parentage, oh and the smelly tauntaun at the beginning of the film. Chris Santos actually said that the original 1997 is his absolute favourite film, and actually ranked all of the theoretical films in order from his favourite to least favourite, starting with A New Hope, and then The Last Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, Solo, Episode 3, Rogue One, The Rise of Skywalker, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and the Clone Wars animated film that started the Clone Wars TV series. Victoria Patterson also said A New Hope, saying that it's always been her favourite, and that at the time she'd never seen anything like it and loved the score. And thank you to John Williams, who creates the score for the Star Wars franchise. Personally, I'm not even sure if I could pick an overall favourite film for the entire series. If I absolutely had to, it would probably be Empire Strikes Back from the original trilogy, I would say. Yeah, it it probably changes every time someone asks me, but at the moment I would probably have to say Empire. In another question, I actually asked what people's favourite characters were in the Star Wars franchise. My wife's very first response when I said this was she loved C-3PO and R2-D2. The whole buddy sort of banter between them, even though the droids, she just loves the banter between them, and especially C-3PO. Uh, Caleb Ramsey said R2-D2, just because he knows everything. Tony Rita, I apologise if I'm getting that name wrong, said Han Solo. From the books, it was Jason Solo until Disney made her entire childhood into a lie. The brilliant Eric Allen said that he most identifies with Dexter Dex Jetster. The guy who owned the diner on Coruscant in Attack of the Clones, I think it was. Carrie Scott said, all of the characters, especially in their own way, just can't pick a favourite. Deanna said, Chopper loved his attitude and sass. Chopper is actually from the Rebels animated series. Alex Romano said, Luke, because I am his father. Brent Woodall said, Chewy, because he's a nudist. I'm not sure how I feel about that one. Rich said Captain Rex, the ultimate in loyalty. Joan said R2-D2, Yoda and Chewbacca. Erin said that Ahsoka is her all-time favourite and she had no idea how much she needed a character like her. And that Ashley Eckstein is just a huge inspiration of hers too. And I have to say, Ashley, whenever you see posts from Ashley on Instagram or any other of the social feeds, she does a lot of work with Disney and she has a, a a lot of work around the Ahsoka character. She always seems really genuine, really nice, bright and bubbly and genuine. Ashley actually also follows one of the Sorcerer Radio listeners, Kenzie, on Instagram because they've performed at the same theatre in Orlando, which I find really cool. And Heather who commented earlier also said wicket the ewok with the most personality. Personally for me this completely depends on which trilogy or series I'm watching. I would have to say Obi-Wan from the prequel trilogy. I think Ewan McGregor did an absolutely brilliant job with the character and I'm glad that he's returning to the role for the upcoming Obi-Wan TV series. As for the other films, I loved K2SO from Rogue One, Han Solo in the original trilogy, and probably Poe Dameron in the sequel trilogy. And as I've mentioned earlier, I find the character of Grand Admiral Thrawn in the books absolutely fascinating, and I can't wait to... There's a new book out, actually, and I haven't yet read it, so I'm looking forward to reading that one as well. In the TV series, it's going to be hard to be able to decide between Ahsoka and Mando. I find the character of Ahsoka so fascinating and there's just such a life and energy to to that character. And I'm looking forward to the upcoming Ahsoka TV series as well. And I'm going to throw in one more honourable mention here to RX-24. Now, RX-24 is the original droid from the Star Tours ride in Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. He was later replaced with C-3PO, But RX24 was then repurposed, let's say. There's a whole story behind this and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But RX24 was then renamed DJR3X and he now currently resides in Ogre's Cantina over in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Batuu. Speaking of Batuu, of course, I cannot wait for our next Florida trip. We last went to Florida in 2015, following the birth of our son. He was actually only 10 weeks old at the time, We didn't know we were going to be having him, of course, before we actually booked the holiday. And anyway, since the last time we were there, they've opened up Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios in Florida and also at Disneyland in California as well. I just can't wait to be immersed in the land and go on the rides and eat the food and the drinks and get my own replica lightsabers from the movies. I'm not sure if I'm going to build my own yet. I haven't decided on this. I mainly want to make sure that I get some of the replicas, the movie accurate replica lightsabers at the moment. I've I've got some money reserved to one side for when we do eventually go. I've also read a lot of the books that take place on the planet of Batuu as well, so I'm ready to be completely immersed in the experience This last week, actually, I actually received my copy of the art of Galaxy's Edge book, which has been released. So I've been looking at that. It's really interesting to see some of the concepts of what they wanted to achieve and what they were able to produce. And of course, starting next year, there'll also be the completely immersive Star Wars Hotel experience, which takes place on the starship Halcyon. More information about this was featured in the book, including some of the concept art for the new female ship's captain, the restaurant, and even the shuttlecraft, which will fly, in air quotes, you to the planet of Batuu. Anyway, I think that's about it for this week. I seem to have rambled on a little bit longer than I intended to. Like I say, it wasn't a history lesson on Star Wars as much, but I just wanted to feature it more than anything, and hopefully you all were able to watch at least one Star Wars film this last week, and if you’ve never seen a Star Wars film before, I do hope you managed to tune into at least one of them. If you did watch your very first Star Wars film this last week, do let me know which one it was and which watch order you decided to go for. But for next week we're back to our regularly scheduled movie club, which for next week will be Mulan. Now, I didn’t know which version of Mulan to cover. It could have been the 1998 animated movie or the 2020 live action movie. So, I thought I'd challenge myself. (laughs) I'm probably going to live to regret this because I need to now try and find the time to watch both of the films. But I did decide to cover both. I'm not yet sure how that will work, but I intend to do some form of comparison between the two. So, leave your thoughts over in the Weekly Movie Club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord. Or in the weekly movie club post on my social media at at or forward slash the D plus club. That social media post will also be featured in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. And a little bit of an update from earlier in the show. I have actually recorded all of this in one sitting. Not in one take, but in one sitting. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. And I hope you can tune in again next week for Mulan and more Disney news. Have a great one, everyone. Bye bye.